Hello, I'm Alice. I'm Annalise. And you're listening to Experimental. Come here. Well, it is officially 2021. It's been 2021 for almost two weeks. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> oh, just for like future posterity, let's just um, put a bookmark on this episode to say that we're recording this the Sunday after the Capitol was broken in assaulted yeah assaulted (laughs) rioters people who support trump and his terrible policies um and conspiracy theories and conspiracy theories and whatever um assaulted the capitol and they were not protesters they were rioters i saw someone on instagram saying don't call them terrorists because it uh doesn't help uh it doesn't help the case for like Muslims and like Middle Eastern people who are often called terrorists. But like I didn't quite understand. I tried to read the post, but I didn't quite understand. Mainly because like we're calling white people terrorists. So I, it's yeah, not like I, enforcing the stereotype. It's right. kinda like I would I would I don't know. I mean, it's going against the stereotype. How, I mean, how would I, don't I know. know? I'm not an expert, but if someone wants to like explain that to me, I'd be open to your explanation because i i honestly didn't understand what that post was trying to say on instagram but what we I digress. can call them is violent shitheads yeah and criminals yeah and um bitch ass hoes i don't think they were bitch ass hoes they were kind of scary they were not very smart i'm gonna be honest they weren't smart but they were definitely scary yeah they had zip ties and anyway we survived it anyways we're alive. Yeah, we survived we're alive um Sorry. <laughs> uh, and so this week, I have been watching a lot of, like, watching and listening to a lot of, like, book content on podcasts and YouTube. If you're, listen- if you're looking for a good book podcast, um, I listen to Books Unbound on Spotify. They might also be on Apple. I don't really know. Um, and that is from my, one of my favorite book YouTubers. One of, like, the biggest book youtubers ariel Bissett, b-i-s-s-e-t i'm just shouting her out because like i'm kind of getting all this information from her or inspiration from her and noelle gallagher on youtube as well um and like booktubers and like there's a whole culture i discovered this year of people online that just like talk about books and it's a very small subsection of youtube like ariel ariel Bissett has like only a couple hundred thousand subscribers on youtube which like in comparison to, like, big beauty people is, like, nothing. But, like, she's one of the biggest. It's just interesting. It's its own little pocket. So I uh, implore you all to go and check out book content online. Um, but we're going to talk about books this week. Yeah. We're each going to give our top ten books that we read in 2020. Because both of us did a lot of reading and listening. And I do count listening as reading a book because... Same information. Same information. You're being told a story. It's easier for neurodivergent people. So if you don't count listening to an audiobook as reading, then you're being offensive. Well, also, it's ableist because what if you're blind? Able. That's the word I was looking for. I couldn't remember what that Anyway, it counts. (laughs) Yeah, it counts. It fucking counts. So this year... According to my Goodreads, which is a website, I read 50 books 
which is a lot for me. It's the most I've ever read. Almost a book a week. Almost a book a week. And I, I averaged, like, physically reading, like, a book with pages, like, one per month. But, I, like I said, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. And that's, like, the most books I've ever read in a year in my life. So, yeah. had a great reading year. And your, what's your reading year? I don't know recap? because um, I didn't start, I didn't get Goodreads until a week or two ago. So I haven't really been keeping close track, but what I will say Probably is... Probably close to the same as me, honestly. Mm, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It depends. I guess I ha- went a really, really long time, like in college, not reading for fun. Yes, same. And then when I got out of college, I did definitely start reading more just for fun. And then I kind of really got into it, uh, especially once we found out about Libby and listening to audiobooks and I started listening to more audiobooks while I was at work or driving Um, and then of course during quarantine in the past like nine months or so when I've had so much more free time of Mm -hmm. not being able to be social just like reading more and I also am a person that I discovered where I can listen to an audiobook And, like, kind of get through that. But when I'm reading physical books, I go back and forth between, like, five different books. Like, I'm reading three or four books right now at the same time for no reason. See, I've never been that person. I always... Because I read a lot, too, as a kid. And I went through a period, like, late high school, basically the entirety of college, like, not reading for fun. I've read, like, maybe a book or two in the summer. Yeah. every summer, but... Yeah, this year I've really gotten back into reading. Um, But yeah, I was always, as a kid, so, like, particular about, like, okay, I'm going to finish this book before I start another book. And if I was reading more than one book, it was usually because I was, like, I had the physical book for one. Yeah. I was, like, reading it, reading it. And, like, the audio book for another, and I was listening to it. Um, But this year, I literally actually say within the past month is when I've been, like, why do I do that? I yeah. So currently, I'm reading, like, five books. Yeah, like, I think it just depends on what catches your attention and keeps your focus. Because yeah. I don't, like, I really don't know what it is, but I started reading before bed. So then I kind of have one book that I always read right before bed. And I have a hard time reading it any other time because it makes me want to go to sleep. Yeah. After a chapter. Yeah. See, I don't... Re- that's why I read in the morning when I wake yeah. up. Like, I I can't read at night. But... But, yeah. And also, like, um... Because... I started reading... I want to give it a little shout-out at the end. But I started reading, like, a pretty, like, dense history book. Yeah. And, like, I'm enjoying it. But, like, I can't read that... And only that. And only that. Yeah, like, you I need breaks. Need, I need breaks. Um... And also, like, I've had to, like, pause reading a book that I own because, like, a library book became available. Yeah. So, like, I switched. Well, and that's what I'm doing also with A Little Life by, I think, it's Tanya Gary. Oh, God. But I, well, it's because it's emotionally heavy, I take breaks. That book? And I take months-long breaks. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, that book has, like, a huge weird like cult following online yeah yeah. to the point where i mean to the point where people say that it's like 
mentally damaging because it's almost like book someone called it book FOMO because like it's such an emotionally intense book and like if you um search on YouTube like people doing like reading like live readings or like reading vlogs or whatever of that book like they're just crying yeah and then at the end of the video they're like oh my god like I am not okay like it's heavy yeah and it's it's like yeah trigger warning and yeah. I don't even know, like, people don't even talk about the content. I know, that, which is, like, why I take such long breaks from it. Because yeah. I'm like, you know what? I don't need extra, <clears throat> extra trauma in my life. Yeah. I don't even know if I want to read it. I wanted to read it, but then I was like, do I even want to subject myself to that? I've literally been trying to get it through it for, I think, almost two years. Yeah. But I just take super long breaks. Yeah. A lot of people say it's also just, like, pain for the sake of pain. Yeah. Like, it's hard to actually, like, get a lesson or something out of it. It's literally just a book that's supposed to make you cry. Yeah. We want to go through our top ten and then, yeah, I guess, talk about either honorable mentions or ones that we did not like yeah. or have grievances about. Yes. Um. Do we want to... Neither one of us have a particular order, but I no. do have one that I know is my favorite. So should I do that one now or at Yeah, the do end? it now. Okay. So I guess I'll start. Um, my favorite book of the year was also the last book I read this... What? I think it was the last... Last book or second to last book. It was also my favorite, and it is Shadow of the Wind by Carlos Ruiz Safan. He is a Spanish author who actually died this year. Oh. I was really sad to find out, like, because I was like, oh, this is, like, one of my new favorite books, and I Googled, and he died of cancer this year, which was really sad. Oh, but no. um, <laughs> um, So it's funny because this book I got, I was book shopping with my mom, and I saw the last book of the series, picked it up, bought it, brought it home, went to go log it into my Goodreads because I wanted to start reading it, and saw that it was the last book in the series. And I was like, well, damn it. Because <laughs> there's no indication of that, like, anywhere on the cover or anything. Uh, or, like, the back cover or anywhere in it. So I was like, okay. So Shadow of the Wind is the first book in the series. And it's called The Cemetery of Forgotten Book Series. And it's just, like, it's a gothic novel. So it's, like, mysterious and creepy and, like kind of leads you to believe it's like a little bit supernatural but it's not supernatural like there's like a practical explanation for it but i hope that's not a spoiler well that's kind of what a gothic novel is is like sure that's usually what it is it's like supernatural seeming things that have practical explanations at the end but it's like a creepy like mystery and it was like the first book that made me like gasp aloud um so yeah, I don't know. It's just a creepy mystery. It is a little bit, um, I think I need to just like put a trigger warning on it because there's a lot of like um, derogatory talk about women, like because the main character is a man and it's written by a man who's from Spain. So I think maybe it has like a little bit of that like machismo influence. Um, and also there's a couple of instances where like men will slap their wives or like just more fun like well like be, as like punishment well yeah no i know um but <laughs> just just for funsies um so yeah don't read it if that's gonna trigger you but i liked it 
what's a, what's yours? That's my best book of the year. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I don't... Uh, my best book... We're going to start with the best. Okay. It's hard. Well, you don't have to. I, I just did because I know that that one's my... So I think favorite. the book that had the most profound impact on me is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And essentially, it is a... Well, Viktor Frankl is a psychiatrist who survived um, the concentration camps during the Holocaust and it's him talking about his experience in the concentration camps but also what he learned from them and uh, human nature and how he ended up developing a type of therapy that incorporates all these things that he learned and it's kind of just observations about what it is to be human and survive and it's one of those things where obviously the holocaust is nothing like the pandemic however (laughs) it's one of those things where you're comparing trauma trauma or a hard time in history to another hard time in history and why do these things happen? And it kind of gives an explanation. And Was it published this year? No, yeah. a long time ago. Mm. But I just read it this year. And it was so life-changing. And so it just kind of made me feel like life had meaning in a time when everyone's super depressed, you know? That's nice. It was nice. Maybe I will read that. I wasn't going to because I, I heard it was about, like, the Holocaust. And I was like, dope, history. And then you were saying how it was more psychological, and I was like, yeah. eh, I don't really want that. It's but, more psychological, yeah. but it's not one of those things that you have to know about psychology to like it or get anything out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in that same vein, I am going to pitch to you, to everyone, Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. And I think I've actually mentioned it on the podcast before, because... After I read this book, I could not stop thinking about it slash yeah. bringing it up in conversation because it's just, I mean, you you hear the title and you think that it's about like how to be more outgoing. You think it's like a self-help book. No. Uh, is it a self-help book? I don't know. I don't think so. But it's um, basically about human interaction and like how, how you're reactions to things can be read by other people and then like misinterpreted and how you can misinterpret things from other people and like it just like it talks about the okay so I did the audiobook and I really recommend the audiobook because it's read by the author Malcolm Gladwell and then he you, wherever possible he when he interviewed someone he would use them like he would interview them like for the book so it actually kind of functioned like more as a podcast and then also the book opens with um Sandra Bland the woman who was pulled over in Texas and then was arrested and then killed herself in jail uh a few days later Sandra Bland okay she was a black woman that got pulled over um very sad story it was just another story of police um brutality um typecasting i don't know but it opens with that but he like it it has he had the body cam footage so the audio of that 
interaction is played in the book and he dissects that interaction like line by line and like he's basically saying how when Sandra came off as standoffish the officer interpreted it as one way but like Sandra is doing it because she was like afraid and stressed out um I'm just trying to think of like other examples in the book that's Uh, really interesting oh and it talks about there was um apparently I didn't know about this but apparently it was a big thing what happened there was a spy in the CIA, FBI, U.S. government situation, um, a Cuban spy, and she was um, very well regarded in the U.S. government, but she had been giving money to Cuba for, not money, information to Cuba for, like, years. Wait, so she was a, U- she was a U.S. citizen or a Cuban citizen? I think a U.S. citizen. And she's... And she was working... Working for Cuba? Or working well, she for was the a double US. agent. Oh! Yeah. So she was working for the CIA, FBI, whatever it was, but then also, like, under the table working for Cuba. Wow. Um, and, like, in Washington, D.C. And, like, yeah, very cool. But it was, like, he was talking about how she was able to kind of manipulate her superiors and, like, no one suspected her for the longest time. Yeah. Um, and the guy who... One of the guys who worked with her is, like, again, in the audiobook, so you, like, hear it in his words. Um, it sounds yeah. like, you know, the ideal audiobook kind of thing. Yeah. It was it was a really good audiobook. And I also have to say, um, Sam Ravendahl of the Approachable Podcast also mentioned it this week, which is how I, like... Oh, really? Rem- yeah, she yeah. mentioned it, and I was like, oh! And she was actually the one who I got the recommendation from. Um, but she said the same thing on the podcast where she like, she couldn't stop talking about it because it's just so culturally relevant and just relevant to everyone. So talking to strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Amazing. Um, the next book I would like to talk about is, let me think. I'm still here by Austin Channing Brown. Uh, that is, it's a really interesting book because it is. You know, a woman's perspective and life story being a black woman in America, but also being raised by a white mother and coming up from, you know, poverty. And it has this, like, interesting religious perspective because I believe that she works for churches or in ministry in some capacity. But it was just a very interesting perspective on the world and and how people treat one another and uh, things like that. So that was a really was a, it was a really good book. And it's also kind of a quick read. It's a shorter book, so it's one that's maybe a good starting place if you're looking to get into some more Black Lives Matter content. I like the title. Uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama. Just such a good book. I kind of got into... I'm no longer afraid of, like, biographies and autobiographies because <laughs> of this year. Because I read this one, then I read another one that I'll talk about later. But Becoming by Michelle Obama, I don't know if it was, like, the time that I read... I only read it a couple weeks ago, but I don't know if it was, like, the time of my life or, like, what. But there was, like, several times while reading that or listening to that book because again I did the audiobook and it's read by Michelle Obama that's the other thing so that's cool but there are several times where I just felt like I got like welled up 
Yeah. About, like, the smallest little things. Like, like, just her, I don't, just, like, minuscule little things. Because even becoming, before becoming First Lady, she was just such a powerful, yeah. like, knew what she wanted, like. You're just so proud of her. Yeah. And, and also just, like, always working to, like, elevate women mm-hmm. and, like, black women. And, like, she took, she was a partner at a law firm right at, after graduation, and she was trying to get more people of color into the law firm saying, and, like, trying to convince the senior partners, like, you can't just hire people from Ivy Leagues. Like, if you really try, are trying to get more people of color in here, you have to look at people who went to, like, smaller, more mm-hmm. affordable colleges. Yeah. And, like, just just an amazing book. So inspiring. It just made me feel good about being a woman. Yes. Um, so, yeah. We love her. Yeah. Um, so this is maybe in my top three favorite books of all time, but oh. Educated by Tara Westover. Really? Oh my God. So good. See, I feel like every time you talked about that book, you kind of, you, well, I'll let you talk about it now, but you sounded cautionary. No, I don't feel cautionary about it. I just, uh... It's just such an interesting, well, it's another one of the biographies, mm. or autobiographies, rather. Yeah. I have a lot of those on this list. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe that says something about me, but... <laughs> but I don't know what it would say. Um, that I'm just interested in other people's lives, yeah. which isn't I don't, a bad thing. I don't doubt that it says something about you, but I don't know what that something is. Yeah, I don't know yet. I'll have to do some digging, but anyway... Uh, it's just about her life, and she grew up in a very interesting way with parents who were kind of conspiracy theorists and ultra-religious Mormon in, I think, Utah. In they, like they doomsday preppers? Yeah, on a mountain, didn't believe in medicine, didn't believe in education, None of the kids have birth certificates. Oh, wow. But she grew up, you know, put herself through college, did the damn thing, and ended up getting a degree in history from Cambridge University in the United Kingdom. Oh, wow. Like, badass lady. Amazing work that she's done for, like, theology and history uh, and stuff like that. But just... It made me so grateful for not only having parents that really valued education, but also just, like, being grateful to have opportunities. Be able to, like, go to college without people telling you that it was useless and that I shouldn't go to college, you know? Like, just having that support. I don't know. It's really crazy, and it really just made me so grateful for education and like just really really see the value in it because she talks about also the difference between her and her siblings and some of her siblings never left that you know small mountain village situation yeah and they still think the same way they still don't believe in medicine and are really playing with death every day. Playing with death. By never going to the hospital or anything when they need it, you know? It's just 
just, yeah. Aren't we all playing? My third book is Circe by Madeline Miller. It is a retelling of the Greek myth Circe. Um, and Madeline Miller, like, got her degree in classics. She also wrote Song of Achilles, which was very highly acclaimed, I think, more so than Circe. I just, first of all, I love the cover of Circe. Second of all, the writing is just so, like, Madeline Miller's turn of phrase and just, like, how she describes things and, like, her book. I just, it, the writing is beautiful. Um... It's a kind of slow book. Like, I don't think if you're into, like, more fast-paced stuff, it'd be the book for you. But again, it's, like, a a book that kind of did get me excited about being a woman. Um, We love those. Yeah. It's just... And it's also, I think... um, I I said this to you, but I think it's a little bit like a tale of a mad woman. Because Cersei was, for those of you who don't know, was, like, cast out from her family to an island because she was a witch and like Zeus and her father and all the powerful men were like afraid that she was going to like usurp them. Um, and I don't know, I would imagine, I don't know this for sure, but I would imagine in Greek mythology, she's probably really villainized and demonized for being like a witch woman. And also she's the woman that turns men into pigs Amazing. Um, but since it's told from her perspective, you see this development of like how she went from this innocent girl with stars in her eyes to the woman who turns men into pigs. And like, it's pain. It's not like out of spite. It's out of like pain and rejection. Again, what the mad woman story is. And it's just, yeah, it's good. I'm, I I was forced to read it slowly just because of, like, circumstances going on in my life that I just couldn't, didn't have as much time to read. But I'm glad that it, I was forced to read it slowly and really, like, marinate in the story, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, the next book I'll talk about is Redefining Realness by Janet Mock. Such, like... I really recommend this to anybody. Um, but this is another nonfiction. Yes, this is another autobiography, of course. But <laughs> so Janet Mock uh, is a woman of color. She, I think, well, she started growing up in Hawaii and then kind of moved around with different like family issues and family situations. But it's talking about her childhood and growing up. She's a trans woman. So it's, you know, her coming to terms with her identity and going through transition. And it really, like, is one of those books that is helpful when you think about femininity and what it means to be a woman. A lot of feminism books. I know. I'm really loving it. I know, but it really, it's one of those books where I was listening to it and, like, crying. Like, I'm just, like, so glad that I am a woman and have, like, these abilities and... God is a woman. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's, like, it was talking about how she was raised by these really strong, independent women and they were really in charge and, you know, did all these amazing things. So, it was just... 
one of those things that was like, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like makes you think about gender differently in a sense, just... We love that. Yeah. We love gender being a social construct. Yeah. So that was really great. I really, really highly suggest that. As I don't... Hmm. Also, I think it is kind of a good book to read if you... Not if you're, like, transphobic, but if you're a person who doesn't really understand what being transgender is and, and how that unfolds in your life i think it, it's a really beautiful what is it called redefining realness i think it's a really beautiful explanation of just how things unfold in your life and what contributes to to that identity okay my next book okay mine's also a, an autobiography know my name by Schmeller. oh i had that on my list oh okay well we go both talk yeah, about yeah. it then um because you read it first. Yeah. And then you told me to read it. Because here's the thing. Okay, so Chanel Miller is Brock Turner's victim. I don't want to define her as that. But, like, for those who don't know, why does Chanel Miller get a book? It's because she was raped by a Stanford student uh, in 20... 15 we were still or in 16. High school. Yeah. Tw- 14 ah, or 15? 15? 14, 15, 16. Somewhere in there. Around that area of time um and she was already like she had already graduated college and she was just going to a stanford party frat party with her younger sister who was in college and like that's something she talks about in the book because i remember being whatever age i was and like being like why was she at a frat party like she was yeah however old at the time um not victim blaming but just like being like confused why, why would you want to go situation. to a frat party and she yeah. talks about it in the book being like lol it's so funny like me and my sister were joking that i was gonna be the grandma of the night and blah, blah, blah. um and also now that i'm out of college what i wouldn't give to go to a frat sweaty <laughs> frat basement again <laughs> and just yeah anyway. let the bacteria wash over you let the bacteria <laughs> just let it all in um i digress um but yeah it's just a she is a writer Yes. And it's not A very just... talented, beautiful writer. Yeah. And I was skeptical to read it at first because I was like, what? It, you went through a horrific tragedy, but like not everyone can write a book. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, she tells her story beautifully and she tells it in a way that like invites, it's not, it's not all about like, well, was me. It's like please come and stand with me in solidarity. I think it makes and you have some self-reflection about your own experiences. Yes. Yeah. And what I think is so beautiful is it really talks about that whole time in her life of going through the trial as well. Cause and, not, and no one knew who she was. Yeah, because I don't think we think about that a lot when um, a crime victim is going through trial. That's their whole life pretty much. They a lot of times they're not able to keep their job because they have to be in court so often and yeah. and all of that kind of thing. But also just... Like her little sister testifying. Yeah, but also her whole healing journey and how yeah. she decided to go to therapy and go to that art class and... Um, Start, do comedy, stand-up yeah, comedy. Yeah, do fucking stand-up comedy. Like, she's a badass. She's a fucking badass. And the thing, the part of the book, I'm not going to, like, ruin it, 
but the part of the book that had such a profound... <laughs> what would ruin it? Oh, I don't know. Like, we spoilers. We all know the story. Okay. Well, anyway. The part of the book that I thought was so... Uh, profound. For sure. <laughs> profound. <laughs> I didn't want to use the word profound again, but anyway. Oh. Um, is when she's kind of talking about her mother and her mother's whole journey of life and how she was saying that there were times in her life where her mother's life was so awful and you know she's living in a communist country where there's all this violence yeah and while she was there she had no idea that her life would be so beautiful that she would move to California and marry a man who loves her and have two awesome kids and have a great job and you know be a well-known writer you know like all the basically she was saying like I had no idea how good it was going to get. Yeah. And that just... That's sweet. It's one of those, again, being in a pandemic currently, you're you're like, everything sucks. This is so hard. But you have no idea that it could get so, so much better. And it will get better. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Just a great book. And the other thing I want to say about that book is, like... um I she wrote it I think being very open about the fact that she wasn't done with her healing. Yeah. So she's not like putting on a front of being like I went through it and you can too. Right. It's like she's Honest. still like figuring out life as she goes along like it's always going to be with her kind of thing and yeah. I I thought that was really powerful. Like she wasn't trying to put on a front. Yeah. Um yeah. So amazing. Do you wanna? Um, a book I really like. I'm gonna move away from the autobiographies for a minute. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, just a minute, though. Just a minute. Um, the Good Daughter by Karen Slaughter. What? I've never heard of that book. Okay, Karen Slaughter is probably one of my new favorite authors because all of the books I've read of hers have strong female main lead character. We love feminism. We love feminism, but it, they're mostly like mystery suspense kind of novels mm. that usually surround like solving a crime or like escaping a captor kind of thing. Oh. Um, okay. But she just does a really good job of telling different perspectives of different characters throughout the book. Ooh. Which I okay. really love, you know, when they do this chapters from this character's perspective and that chapter and then That's this is hard how to do. Sometimes, it is hard to do. Sometimes that really annoys me. Sometimes it can be really bad, but she does yeah. it so well. Oh, and it's for me personally because that's something I'm really interested in. I really think that like crime and mystery and that kind of thing. I I like reading that that genre, but if you are in kind of a reading funk, I highly suggest reading her books because they will just, like, they move fast. They'll pull you in. You'll not want to put it down. Mm. Great, great stuff. Good to know. What is it again? The Good Daughter by Karen Slaughter. Okay. Um, I am just going to continue the feminist theme with Lost Girls. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Don't the author. Hang on. Ow. Fuck. Uh, I read... Let me get the author for you. But I read that, too. Yeah. We, I read... So this is, like, I think one of the first books I read at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. It was the first book I read in the pandemic while I was working from home. And 
I think it was the book that really started getting me back into reading. Um, it's by, oh, it's by a man, Robert Kolker. I thought it was by a woman, but Mm-mm. okay, no matter. Um, it actually has a Netflix movie based off of it now. I didn't really like the Yeah, the, the, Netflix the movie, movie was Because eh. the movie was like not a documentary and I was going into it thinking it was going to be a documentary because Lost Girls is about um, five missing girls on, yeah, I think it's five, five missing women who were sex workers um, in New York City and their bodies were all, and actually not all of them, there was one whose body is still missing, I think, right? They found it. Okay. So they found all their bodies, but all of their bodies had been found off of the some this highway in Long Island um so it's like a Long Island serial killer who is still walking free (laughs) still walking free luring in young women young sex workers and killing them and for the longest time no one gave a shit about this case because they're sex workers so they're air quotes around high risk people yeah and like they quote got themselves into the situation which is like no excuse like it's human life Uh, oh my god sorry if you can hear that our dog is snoring um he's sleepy (laughs) he's very sleepy but yeah i i really like the book because does such a good job at painting the picture of who these girls were their families where they came from how they became sex workers because like you don't just i mean because it's such a job that's looked down upon by society you don't just grow up wanting to become a sex worker like circumstances lead you to that um and i think a lot of people i saw criticizing it because it's not really like a normal true crime book where it talks about like the case and the facts and the evidence but that's exactly why i liked it because it spent so much time with the victims um, yeah. And the families and the impact it has. And, and looking at them as true, like, whole people. 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 Not just... Victims and Like, a number. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the women was from Connecticut, so... Yeah. Most of them were from the Northeast. Okay, so that was Lost Girls by Robert Kolker. So, so the book I'm going to talk about next is Brain on Fire by Susanna Cahalan. Brain on Fire is essentially a woman who in her mid-20s I believe ends up getting diagnosed with a autoimmune disease that impacts her brain and cognitive functioning and causes her to have seizures and all these super crazy super crazy symptoms you find a lot of interesting audio audio autobiography autobiography yes but um yeah, basically this just like she had this autoimmune disorder where I think a virus attacked her brain. She was having all these weird symptoms. She was drastically changing her personality, having mood swings, crazy crazy things. But it's kind of about how it was really hard for her to get a diagnosis. It was hard for doctors to believe her, especially as a woman. Um just not taking things seriously and not taking her pain seriously and how she and her family really had to fight to get the correct treatment which I could definitely relate to Hmm. um 
and it, it was just about how she dealt with that, how she came back from that, and then her healing journey as well. I just thought it really resonated with me because, uh, you know, I myself had an autoimmune disorder that really impacted my brain, and it was something that I actually forgot ever happened um, because <laughs> it happened. Because it impacted your brain. Yeah. <laughs> well, and because I was eight when it hap- when it started, so I just like forgot. And then after I read that book, I did. After I read that book. I was like, oh, I have to actually tell my doctors that this happened to me because I obviously have changed doctors since I was eight. Um, (laughs) And I need to talk to my psychiatrist. Because also, it does impact your memory, (laughs) Mm -hmm. obviously. But it's not funny. It's not, but it's funny. It's funny because it's me. It would not be funny if it happened to somebody else. Um, (laughs) You just have the worst luck. I really do. But you know why? Because I keep forgetting. Anywho. What book was it? Oh, br- sorry. Brain on Fire by Susanna Cahalan. That's also a good title. She's also just a great writer. She is a journalist by trade. Um, very interesting. If you if you are interested in stories of people who, like, have a plan for life and then the plan gets derailed drastically, or if you're trying to find a book um, about somebody who's also going through a medical issue if you want to relate to that highly suggest okay um sounds good uh i where is it oh oh the color purple by alice walker such a thinky book (laughs) if that makes sense first of all it's told uh trigger warning for like rape and child rape and I think incest. Is slavery in it? Oh yeah. Well, n- no, 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 no. Oh, okay. But um, definitely like racism. Like it's like deep south when like black people didn't have rights to like education, and it it took me a long time to figure out if it was like slavery or not, just because of how undeveloped the south was yeah in terms of equality whatever but i i think it takes place like reconstruction not maybe i think like early 1900s okay yeah maybe i don't know i couldn't really tell to be quite honest um but it's um told in letter format it's the story of two sisters one goes on becomes a missionary and goes to Africa and, like, is a missionary to, like, people in Africa to try and convert them to Christianity. And then the other is a child bride. Oh, my God. In the Deep South. Um, but it just... It just deals with so many things. Like, obviously racism be and, like, education being, like, at the forefront... But also just, like, the and the author talks about this. In, in the foreword of the copy that I have, the author talks about she wrote this book, and to her, this book was about religion and God and spirituality. And then, like, the world kind of took it as, like, a book on racism. It's But it's interesting. But it also just deals with sexuality, um, femininity. It just, it really makes your brain think. 
And yeah, it's black main characters by a black author. Highly recommend. Amazing. I think it's also a play. The color. It is. It's called the color and a movie, and Oprah's in it. Really? Yes. Oh. Um, the color purple by Alice Walker. That's. The book. I love Oprah. And Alice yeah. Walker. <laughs> um, another book that I read this year is Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow, which if you don't know, he's the journalist who broke the story of Harvey Weinstein oh. and kind of exposed that whole thing. He's also, it's just really interesting because the book is not just about one thing. It's not just about like Harvey Weinstein and 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 finding all of this stuff out. It's really also about his life and how chasing down this story impacted so much of his life and why he decided to keep pursuing this story after everyone told him not to. It's also a little bit about how long was he pursuing the story? Like a year or two, maybe. Oh, wow. I think. But it's also really interesting because he is... His his biological father is Woody Allen. Really? Yeah. Wait a minute. The the guy with the big, thick glasses? Yeah. Who, like, married his daughter. Dog, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so... And his sister, who he's still close with, uh, was abused by their father so he dear god basically having this this personal experience really related to these women and was very much trying to protect them and that's kind of what fueled his his passion for the story which is really so amazing the author's sister Mm -hmm. was abused by their Mm -hmm. oh my god i thought you i thought you were saying harvey weinstein's sister Oh no! <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Woody, Her- Woody Allen. Woody Allen is the author's dad. Yes. Oh my God! Okay, again, I thought you were saying Woody Allen was Harvey Weinstein's dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does seem that they're fruit from the same tree, oh, but <laughs> Christ. Anyway, yeah, really great. Also, just it's so, it's one of those things where you're. <laughs> Just, like, you're so happy that there's a resolution and Harvey Weinstein is in jail. You know, it's just like, wow, there really are good people who are trying to to put the bad people in their place and and punish them. And you know what's really great? Harvey Weinstein's... Weinstein! <laughs> Harvey Weinstein, sorry, is in jail. Or, I mean, prison. Harvey Weinstein. And guess what? Guess what? He's going to get COVID-19 in there and no one's going to help him. I'm sorry. That's really bad for like most people who are in prison right now. Like for the most part, I do feel like really awful that that's the situation. Harvey Weinstein, don't feel feel sorry for him one bit. He can get whatever he has coming to him. And that's on karma. He can get his comeuppets. Yeah. That's that's like my new favorite word that I've been trying to say a lot more. Comeuppets. But Um, yeah, that's Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. Nice. Um... I just need to take a quick detour, mental detour, to say that I can't see right now. Why? Because my contacts are super oh. dry, and they're also super old. I haven't changed them in a while, but I also haven't worn them in, like, a week. Um, 
but good thing I'm talking and not driving, right? Um, okay, so now we're going to just, I'm going to take a hard left. Yes. And we're going to go into the YA. Okay. Because in this year of reading, I needed a bridge from the YA children's books that I read as a teenager to now being an adult and having to, like, rebuild my reading taste to okay. figure out what I like. Um, sometimes I just needed a little blanket of comfort. So I read some... Uh, what I like to call questionable YA this year. Um, and I... Where is it? Uh, ah. Wait. What the heck? Okay, sorry. The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. Now, I did read this book when it was, you know, all the hype, all the rage, when the movie came out, whatever, in, I guess, middle school. Um, but I just reread it this year. I reread the entire series, like, on a whim. Because I was like, <laughs> I was stressed at work, and it was like one of those situations where what is what's the Olaf quote from Frozen where he's like, "This is what we call con- this is called this is this called, is called controlling what we, we can, can when fe- things feel out of control." Yeah, that's what it was. So I literally reread, re-listened to the entire series, all three books, in like I think two days, I maybe three, two or three days. Uh. <laughs> Because I did. I, I like, I did the first one and I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, might as well do the second. And then, like, by the end of the second, I was like, I need to do the third. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I just, I really recommend rereading your childhood comfort books like that. And that's that on that. I almost said. And, and now I'm currently reading A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is the prequel that just came out. Um, so yeah, it was worth it. My childhood comfort book is The Diary of Anne Frank. <laughs> <laughs> can leave that in no <laughs> um oh, okay this book so you want to talk about race by ijoma aluo yeah that was a good one so good again another well what's also really interesting is in that book she talks um about sister outsider by audra lord so then i did read also sister outsider can I just say, Otter Lord is such a pretty name. Yeah, it is really beautiful, isn't it? Mm. But, um, so you want to talk about race is... Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I liked it because of the author's, like... Like, her attitude. Yes. Like, she had an attitude about it. She was just like, I don't know you anything. I'm doing this as a favor to white people. Yeah. Like, she's like, I don't need to tell you any of this. So it was kind of just like, you better shut up and listen kind of thing. Yeah, which made me respect her a million times over. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to listen to everything she had to say. Yeah, it was very enlightening because I think it was one of the first books I read. Yeah, me Black too. Lives Matter situation. So it was the book that like taught me that all white people are racist because of systematic racism in our society. Correct. Very educational. Yes. Good shit. Good one to start with as well. Yes. Um, as opposed to white fragility which i took issue with because it's a white author correct but that's a controversy you can controversy you can google on your own terms all right sticking with my ya theme city of (laughs) lost souls by cassandra clare now listen if you were a person a child probably a girl who liked to read around 2010 2011 
2012. You heard of the Mortal Instruments. It was a movie. They made a movie out of the first book. I guess it didn't do well enough to do the rest of the series. Oh, God. Um, I think it was also an ABC Family series at one point. Like, after the movie. Oh, my God, it was. The movie flopped, so they tried to do an ABC series, ABC Family series. Excuse me, Freeform series. Um, oh, wait. And I th- okay, never mind. I thought it stopped recording for a second. I had panic attack. Oh. I think the Freeform series flopped as well. Um, but let me tell you, the books are such a guilty pleasure. And I have not finished the series yet. Like, this is the first time I, I've read City of Lost Souls. I started this series late high school. I'm averaging about a book every year and a half, two years. Oh, wow. And it took me so long to read because it was, like, my sister's favorite fangirly series. So, and also, like, a lot of girls in my class in middle school's favorite like fangirl series um so i was just trying to be like a defiant little hipster bitch yeah no like i'm too good for that because it's like mainstream but like it's such a guilty pleasure and yeah that's all if you haven't read the mortal instruments series by cassandra clare maybe give it a go it'll just throw you back into some nostalgia so that that was a City of Lost Souls by Cassandra Clare. I think I actually only have one book left, which is kind of disappointing. But after that, there is both a prequel series and a spinoff series. Holy fuck. So, <laughs> I'm set for life, baby. What the? Okay. Um, this is maybe my favorite fictional book that I read this year. Um, the Silent Patient by Alex Ooh. Michaelides. I've heard a lot of stuff. Holy fuck. So good psychological thriller um amazing on so many levels just like will fuck with your head a little bit make you think about so many things we love thinking we love thinking about things because we also (laughs) love i mean i personally we also love talking about things uh yes well i am really obsessed with the idea of the mad woman and have been more obsessed with it this year than anything else because of taylor swift uh (laughs) yes so it really touches on that as well as kind of talking about uh uh uh, people who commit violent crimes and then end up going to like a psychiatric hospital for their prison sentence kind of thing uh, that sounds interesting. And then also talking about the people who treat them. Wait, is this a fiction book? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then That's it, what I thought. Yeah. But, like, you know, the I, I don't know. That's just something I'm absolutely fascinated and obsessed with and so well written. Well, it's another one that'll kind of be faster moving and put you on the edge of your seat. So, amazing. Oh, boy, everyone. We are not done with the YA. Although, this is my 10th. And final book. I have a couple of honorable mentions. It's also some a book, a series I want to trash. But this is my 10th and final book of my favorite books. Uh, it is The Thousandth Floor by Catherine McGee. All I have to say is Futuristic Gossip Girl. Um, I read that book. It was fine. Cool. Great. Read the second one better. And I was like, do I actually unironically like the series? Because again, it's like questionable YA um and then I read the last book uh you know what I it was my okay this series was my one of my favorites of the year but also I'm not endorsing that you read it because the last book really like 
drove home the incest situation and I just like couldn't see past that so the last book sucked um yeah it the the two two of the main characters in the book start a relationship and they're like adopted brother and sister and so like the author tries to justify their relationship with being like oh but they're adopted or like the the brother is adopted and I'm just like it's still incest yes like, it is that'd be like if you started dating your well adopted well that's yeah. also yeah I mean obviously uh, yeah disgusting it's it's fucking weird it also it actually really really bothers me when people do that like in books or movies because it's like what the fuck like bruh it also was terrible because it was like (sighs) i think like the boy was like in the book the boy was like adopted when they were like in middle school and like they like the story basically painted it as they like loved each other their like entire growing up thing but like the girl was like, oh, it's all in my head. He could never love me. But it, like, turned out they both fucking... It's not love. It's some sort of infatuation fetish situation. I don't know. but it Disgusting. Is, it's just fucking weird. And what really threw me... I was like, I, I was like, all right. I'll suspend my disbelief for the first book. But the last book, like, the parents found out and were mad about it. But then the parents were like okay well if this is truly what you want then we're gonna work to accept you as if like they were christian parents trying to accept their gay son (laughs) oh god except it was normal parents who were going to try and accept that their children were in a relationship and i was just like i can't do that that's not okay Um, but yeah other than that futuristic gossip girl it's just kind of like rich people in a tower in Manhattan, gossip. There's also, like, you know, cheating scandals and death and murder, blah, blah, blah. That's that. Um, I don't... Ha- yeah, I think I'm actually done. My honorable mention, though, is It Didn't Start With You, which is a book about inherited trauma, and it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's It's nonfiction. It's just kind of about, like, working through your trauma and how trauma is passed down from one generation to the next and how it affects your DNA and all that jazz. So amazing. If that's what you're into, it didn't start with you. Um, Are we going into the books that we did not like? Sure. Okay. My one book that I, so for the most part, if there's a book I don't like, I do not finish reading it and I usually forget about it. Because life is too short to, to, conti- read, bad to read bad books. Yes. However. However. I read Start to Finish, Sharp Objects by Jillian Flynn. Overall. Who was also the author of. Gone Girl. Yes. I love Jillian Flynn. I thought that the book could have been so freaking amazing in so many ways. But my issue is it talks a lot about self-harm in great detail. Oh, no. And. Great meaning a lot, not great meaning. Like a lot, a lot of detail. And it's descriptive and just not good. 
I don't... So, like, gore for the sake of gore, not gore for the sake no, of... No, it's trying to be artsy, but I just oh, think... Oh, no! I think... I hate when... It could have been done differently. Something else could have been chosen in its place. What? I just... As somebody who works in mental health, it drove me, drove me nuts drove me nuts let's let's leave self-harm and romanticizing it yeah romanticizing self-harm in 2012 tumblr yeah like let's let's not throw the whole thing out and romanticizing suicide and romanticizing body dysmorphia and all All that that shit get 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 it out get rid of it nobody nobody needs to be talked through how to do something you don't need to bring awareness to something by making it flowery and pretty yeah because it's very ugly subjects and and it's fucking messed up and it's not cool and it's not cute and it's not fun okay other than that i thought it was a very good mystery novel (laughs) (laughs) nice um Okay, so my two that I want to trash, like I said, I read a lot of, like, YA stuff this year. Um, I want to trash, oh, what? I don't even know what the series is. Oh, the series is called, like, The Wolves of Mercy Falls or something by Maggie Stevander. Um, the first book is Shiver. The second book is Linger. Don't know what the third book is called. Probably not going to read it. It was just so, like bad YA. Get up here, baby. In so far... I'm sorry. Oh, good boy. Um, but it was just such bad YA in so far as, like, it had the whole shebang of, like, insta-love. Mm-hmm. You know? Where it's yeah. just, like, the characters meet, and they're, like, meant to be together forever, and they just fall in love. And just, like, now reading that as a 23-year-old adult, I'm it reading... It pisses you off, right? It pisses me off that the... The, the idea that these 17, 16, 17 year old characters find instantaneous love and how much that was fed to me as yeah, a teenager. I know. Where I would just like find the love of my life. Like, and I you would it. just know in the instant. I hated it. But this book like really did it to the extreme. To the point where I don't even think it was like. There was no. Like, I think YA books usually try and like come up with an excuse for it. Like, yeah. Like, oh, like, this, like, Twilight had, like, oh, werewolves, like, have this thing where they imprint on people and, like, they just see them and, like, automatically become attached. Like, this book was kind of just, like, they met and started a relationship and fell in love. Right. In a matter of, like, a week. Oh, my God. Shut up. (laughs) And it just was painful YA. Like, there's just better YA books. I hate to, like, shit on something that's for kids, but, like, I did read a lot of YA this year that was far better, i.e. The Mortal Instruments, uh, The Hate You Give, Sadie, The Hunger Games. So, don't read the Wolves of Mercy Falls series by Maggie Stevenson. Unless you're 11. Unless you're... No, because I don't want to feed 11-year-olds oh, yeah, that stupid fair. idea of instantaneous love. At least, like, Twilight and other books had, like, some sort of supernatural yeah, that's true. explanation. That's true. That's true. This one was just stupid. Um, I did just want to shout out one more book. I'm going to be super quick about it. Chocolate City, A History of Race and Democracy in Our Nation's Capital by Chris Myers Ash and George Derek Musgrove. Great historical account. Uh, this is the one I was referencing at the beginning, the heavy history book I'm reading right now. Um, it's just a historical account of black people's lives in 
the Washington DC metro area and not even black people the book starts out talking about Native Americans and just establishing a base of racism like the white people kind of like had established that paved the way for racism to continue with black people um yeah just a good book so if you're in the DC metro area I think it should be your required reading uh and if you are anywhere else in the country I think it should be strongly strongly encouraged very interesting I very much want to read that and cannot wait to get it yes it's on Libby yes but not as an audiobook yeah most of these books we've read with Libby yeah um which is the library app that you could download for free and then sign in with your library card and get access to your local library's digital library and most library systems allow you to sign up for a library card online yeah i am currently signed up for three library cards yep because i have the one for my parents address i have a washington dc library card and i have a library card for like the the county we live in amazing yeah so all right well should we we don't want to we're not going to do a question this week we didn't do one last week either we had too much to say yeah Um, but we will do this again. Again.